They killed his dog. What's up? You're listening to Fix My Car Cast, uh, hosted by Bear Club Billy. Uh, episode 21. Uh, no, wait, hold on. Episode 22. Ha ha! No planning on this podcast whatsoever, as you can probably tell by the way that everything is so scattershot and weird. Sorry, last episode was a sad one. Let's go to donors. None. All right. Let's go to patrons. None. Moving on. Trying to raise $3,000 to pay off the repairs to my car. Uh, everything is bleak and sad, but let's not think about that right now. Let's talk about motivation. What's today's topic going to be? Bare minimum plot motivators. Let me tell you a little story before I begin. Um, the Rolling Stones were on the radio for a second time when I went to record this podcast, and I feel like I wanted to work that in. If they are playing a third time, I feel like that should be a special event. Just got in the car, radio was on, Rolling Stones. What's up with that? Weird. Um, sorry for that tangent. Bare minimum plot motivators in an exploding font. <laughs> Bare minimum plot motivators. I'm in a better mood. Um, so... I'll tell you right now, this is going to be a talking movies episode. I am going to do my best not to spoil anything, but sometimes a plot motivator is a spoiler, but oftentimes it is also the thing you learn in the first act. I will try to make sure that I say the title of each movie first, um, so that you have a chance to be like, wait, 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 I don't know, I don't want to know what's going to happen. Slow down, Billy. Um... I'm always so spoiler protective, people tell me it's annoying. Let's get to it. So I watched a movie this week, and I know I just said I'm going to say the title up front, but I'm not going to say the title of this one, because I feel like it's a if it's a big movie that everyone has heard about, I don't have a button to uh, mute the burps, so sorry. First thing in the morning, burp time. There you go. Welcome to the burp cast. So anyway, whoo! Watched a movie this week, and my friends and I do this thing where we have movie night, and we try to tangentially connect each movie to the last movie. You can connect it in any way that you want. Plot, theme, romance, uh, cast, crew, um, like, you know, whatever. I said romance instead of genre, but I've spoiled a little bit what I'm going to talk about here. Um... So, so yeah, every week we try to daisy chain all the movies together. It's kind of fun to look at the list because there's some that to make total sense. You're like, oh, you know, war movie, war movie. But then there's ones where it's like, oh, dentistry was a plot point. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a really fun list and like, it's a fun thing that we're enjoying. Um, but so the movie we watched this week, which I am not going to tell you the title of, and I'm going to give you like the most bare minimum descriptor of what's going on. Um, it's really finicky to talk about because right off the bat, I love the movie. I thought it was very interesting. Um, but at the end of the night, um, we often make it a guessing game sometimes. Like, you know, you know, if it's an actor, you figure it out pretty quick. Oh, Joe Don Baker was in that. Joe Don Baker was in this. Um, and before you ask, uh, Congo and Charlie Varick, one of those is really watchable. Um, so anyway, check out Charlie Varick. It's a real fun movie. Um, okay. So... Um, so we watch the movie and then we try to kind of guess like what the connection is. And so we're watching this movie, which again, I'm not going to name because I want you to, you know, I don't want you to be like watching it one day and be like, wait a minute, this is the one Billy was talking about. Um, but you know, a little off the beaten path. I don't know if it was like independent or anything, but you know, not something I'd heard of before. And we're watching the movie and we get all the way to the end and I'm like, I gotta be honest. I don't get what the connection was to last week's movie. At which point my friend says, romance. Now, in fairness, specifically, 
he said that the previous week's movie was a more traditional romance, and this was sort of a polar opposite. Okay, that's interesting, but I want to tell you in the vaguest possible terms what this romance was. It was a romance where a man realizes he is in love with a woman, but said woman does not have more than 2% of screen time in the movie, 1% of which she actually talks and is actually in the same place with him. Now, I don't think that he was presenting this as this is the greatest romance of all time, but what I found fascinating was that it really was a movie where you could have removed that element and it would have been the same movie. Um, Without getting into what the rest of the movie is, he's in a tough situation and he's up against terrible odds and he's fighting his way to get to her, even though her is seen for 2% of the movie. And so, and here's the thing. I, there, romance is an element, but I feel like you can't call it a great romance if it is so easily removable. You could make it him just trying to get a Mickey Mantle rookie card, and it would have been basically the same movie. Um, you know, I mean, there'd have to be some scenes of him realizing that, you know, what really matters in life is buh, and maybe his dad owned it, buh, something, whatever. I'm, I'm trying to make up things that aren't in the movie just so I don't spoil it, but yeah, like, Essentially, though, the movie was, we want to make a movie that's all this crazy, wild, fighting your way to this, that, and the other thing, but we need this bare minimum plot motivator. And it was just, it just, I just wanted to know that, like, everyone in the room was aware that it was super cheap. (laughs) Like, and it also made the ending kind of predictable, but uh, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Um, Anyway, um, feel free to guess what you think uh, this movie might be, but, you know, it could be lots of them. There are a lot of movies where it's like, I have to do this for the person I love, but let's not make her a character. <laughs> um, which, you know, whatever. I get it. I mean, I think the dead dog in the room here, like the Ur example of this movie, this kind of movie, saying it out loud right now, John Wick, like, the movie was not John Wick, but like, I'm fascinated by movies that are like, hey, we want a bunch of bonker shit to happen but we need to justify it. So what is the most bare minimum action, like, re- like what is the bare minimum reason we can have a bunch of action? And of course, it would be weird to have a movie with no motivation, but it is sort of like this interesting conundrum of, like, we need a motivation, but also we're almost slapping the audience in the face with how little it actually matters. Um, and I could go off on a whole bunch of tangents about, like, you know, it is sort of interesting that, like, when things matter in a movie, but they don't matter to the audience. And I'm trying not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I also find this fascinating. Um, so, you know, MacGuffins, uh, if you're not familiar, a MacGuffin is just an object that must be obtained, um... So many movies are MacGuffin movies. We have to get this thing and that thing. We have to go here and we have to get this, um... And it's become such a, like, openly known, you know, inside baseball screenwriter thing. Uh, like, Star-Lord has a monologue about it, like, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, where he's just like, oh, it has a it has a uh, Maltese Falcon, Ark of the Covenant. Like, he just lists off famous MacGuffins, which is kind of funny, because most Marvel movies have a MacGuffin. It's just, hey, we got to get this thing. We got to go here and do this thing. Rise of Skywalker is like a MacGuffin daisy chain, where it's like, we got to go get this thing. It told us to go get this other thing. Um, 
but it's interesting to me that like, ah, oh God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring gender into it. Cause like, I feel like that kind of thing really, really appeals to dudes where it's like, oh, he loved his dog, he loves his dog so much, and the dog was a gift from his wife, and he loves her so much, but, like, they don't matter, they're not characters, it is the most bare-bones care about an animal, have you ever enjoyed an animal at any moment in your life, then you will relate to John Wick's dead dog, um, and again, I'm not knocking it, I almost feel like the way John Wick does it is actually kind of, like, you know, gutsy in terms of, like, yeah, you can both emotionally be like, I can't believe they did that to his dog, but and his car, because you know what a guy's love. Um, <laughs> their dogs, their cars, and their wives in that order. I don't know what are men. Um, but anyway, so so like I I I I find it fascinating. Like it's like okay, we need a reason to have our little Buster Keaton shoot him up, um, and and just to go with something so bare bones. And it is worth noting that like you know, movies are sort of opportunities to insert yourself into them. And so I get it. Having the vaguest motivation or the most primal, oh my gosh, death. Like, how many movies are just about preventing death? Like, you know, like, it's 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 just like, oh, that bare bones thing. But, you know, when Luke Skywalker blows up the Death Star, do I need to spoiler alert that one? When Luke Skywalker blows up the Death Star, he's actually blowing up that project you're working on. He's actually blowing up that thing that you need to succeed at. When you watch that movie, you are like, like it is connecting to you on some level of like succeeding and wanting it so bad and like listening to your instincts. Like, and so I think it's fascinating because I also am like, I love when a movie has a very, like, intense and maybe unrelatable goal for the characters. Like, I love that, too. Um, like, I feel like Little Miss Sunshine is a really good example of, like, you know, I want to win this thing, I want to win this pageant, like, um, and I feel like there's other ones, um, they're not coming to mind right now, but, like, some comedies actually, like, are based around the premise that the thing they want is, like, nothing. Um, or, like, is something that is unrelatable, um, oh, what is, Hot Rod, that's the one I'm thinking of, without giving away too much there, like, he just wants to beat up his dad, and I feel like it's such a screenwriter's looking at you and going, ah, like, we so don't care about the motivation, we're gonna put a ridiculous one in this movie, there you go, um, and like, yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that, um, oh, what is, um, it's not a huge plot point, but a friend pointed this out to me, um, uh, Birds of Prey, or the emancipation of one fantabulous big old it's Harley Quinn time, I'm wearing crime scene tape or something, I love you, part one of three. Um, they gave Birds of Prey a really long title and no one can remember it. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so in Birds of Prey, uh, Harley Quinn just really wants a good breakfast sandwich. <laughs> um... And it's not, like, the main plot motivator, but, like, I'm still, like, yeah, like, a friend pointed out, like, that injects personality into a character, and this is kind of, like, the dangerous, like, it's a it's a double-sided coin, where it's, like, on the one hand, you give your character a lot of personality that makes them really interesting and unique and engaging, but on the other side, it makes them harder to project yourself onto. Um, and I'll always find this fascinating about storytelling. Like, again, I... 
I went to school for writing. What have I written? Not much. I've sat in my car and said, hey, I'm a Blade Runner man. Um, you know, I haven't... Uh, wait, no, I wasn't sitting in the car for that one. You can tell. I'm breathing very heavily. Um, I'm sorry I keep plugging that one episode. I feel like I want to do more things like that. Um, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go check out uh, a trans reading of the film The Batman. Uh, I really need to stop plugging it, but I, I'm really proud of it. I want to make more stuff like that, and I think I will once I get my stuff together. You can already tell I'm in a better mood in this episode. Where was I going with all of this? Okay, so uh, plot motivators. Um, I mean, so yeah, back to gendering it. If it is a lady, um, you know, your inceptions, um, you know, there's there's so many stories where it's like, she means the world to me. But we forgot to show the audience why she means the world to me. Um, you know, oh wait, sorry, no, 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 sorry. In Inception, it is his his kids. Sorry, my bad. And again, you don't need anyone to justify, like, why, why somebody matters, especially if it's a family member. Like, I am not like, boo, Inception! You should have shown us that his kids are, are really good at something. <laughs> like, oh my god, I need to get back to my kids because they can paint really well. Like, you don't need to do anything like that. Um, I remember when I saw um, The Martian thinking, like, it's one guy. Why do they need him so bad? And, you know, somebody pointed out, like, well, isn't shouldn't that be the way humanity feels uh, about any human? It doesn't matter who they are. We still need to save them. And there was a part of me that was like, yeah, well, there's a lot of people on Earth that need saving. And uh, not to get too friggin' topical, but uh, government doesn't give a shit. Government doesn't give a shit. Um, They could use some basic plot motivator, like humanity. Is that enough for you? No? Money? All right. Good job, America. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, okay, so... Uh, in the vein of plot motivator stuff, and I think I can fully admit that I am now old enough that this joke might go over some heads, um, but I have always thought it would be really, 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 really fun to make an action movie just, like, all out. Like, movie starts, and it's just, like, guy is running, and he's got a katana, and he's flipping off a building, and he's jumping into a car, and he's just... And, like, just going, going, going. You know, he's parachuting out of a hot air balloon. Like, just the thing is nonstop action for 90 minutes. And then, you know, he gets the thing he needs to get. He gets the MacGuffin. He gets the magical jewel of sex. Whatever whatever fucking thing, you know. Here, I got this for you, for your sex cult, uh, you rich maniac. Here you go. And he shows up at the doorstep of whatever guy is paying him to go get this thing. And he's, like, just covered in blood, and he's missing a finger, and he's just, like, panting, and he's got, like, burns and ashes, and he's just... (sighs) And the rich guy is like, did you get it? And he's like, yeah, I got it. And he takes out a satchel, and he dumps it out in front of him, and the magical jewel of sex rolls out onto the rug. This guy has a really nice rug. And then the rich maniac says, Very well. You've done well today. You deserve this. At which point, he reaches into his rich maniac robe and he pulls out a Klondike bar. What would you do? For a clock.
Klondike bar. That is an old ad campaign where people would do silly things because they just wanted a Klondike bar so gosh darned much. They still sell Klondike bars. You can go get one right now. I actually, as a kid, always thought that was a very weird thing about the campaign. What would you do for a Klondike bar? I'd go to the grocery store and buy one. Um, And this feels very, what's the deal? But, like, as a kid, that always bothered me that it was like, okay, so in this scenario, they want a Klondike bar so bad that they will do something for the person who's randomly handing them out, but they won't go a little bit of a ways to a store that sells Klondike bars. <laughs> like, it's it's a it's a pretty stupid ad campaign. Um, believe it or not, at one point in my in my long stupid history, I wanted to be an ad exec. Um, as a kid, I just like I was fascinated by you know jingles and things like that. Um, you know, and now I find that to be depressing and gross, and I want to make real art, mom. Um, but like, yeah, back then I was like, man, that would be so cool. There should be a Klondike bar movie and they hide it in all the advertising. Like I thought like maybe you could title it, what would you do or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I've just always thought that would be a really neat idea, uh, for a movie. Um, I feel like I wanted to get very, oh, I started to talk about, uh, I, uh, I want to go out on this. Um, I believe it was comic book, comic book, comic book. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now why I had a little brain jiggle there. Um, because Kelly Sue DeConnick, every time I go to say her name, I put the consonants in the wrong spot. I always say Deli Coup de Sonic. <laughs> um, which, side note, I would love to watch a French movie where Sonic uh, um, takes over a deli. Um... I didn't plan that. Like, I always, I always mix up the letters when I try to say her name, but like, that was the funniest scrambling of the letters. Um, I don't think I've ever said it that way before. But yeah, I always, I always go to say Kelly Sue DeConnick and it comes out Selly Koo DeConnick. Um, but anyway, um, she has the idea of the sexy lamp, where basically it is like, all right, if the woman in your story could be replaced by a sexy lamp, you need to rewrite it genius. Just so good. Um, and yeah, I feel like there are a lot of movies, usually for dudes, not that they write on the label, this movie for dudes. Um, but like, you know, that have the sexy lamp problem. And I know you're supposed to project whoever you're into onto them, but like, you know, they need some damn agency. They need to be like a real character. Like, you know, it, it makes the audience like them as much as the character. And I think maybe that's what the split is here is like, you can either go in with, hi, I'm going to make this character generic so the person watching it can project whoever they love onto him. I am so sorry. The burps, what is happening? I did just wake up. Um, So you can either make them really, you know, bland so that you can project whoever you love onto them, or make them really specific so that the audience falls in love with the character. And for my money, I'd rather you fall in love with the character I feel like if you're going to do such a generic thing, you kind of need to be in on the joke. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's wild to me to like call... It's just wild to me to call something a great romance uh, when the, the love interest is not on screen for 98% of the movie, has almost no bearing on the plot, often long stretches of the movie is not even mentioned or thought about in any way, and that's called a romance. Um... Anyway, 
Uh, fun times. As always, get yourself a Klondike bar. 